You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York. A community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I am glad to be back at Salem today at post-pandemic. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Come on, let's give Jesus a great shout of praise this morning. I am really excited to be back, and, and thank you so much to Bill and Jacqueline, to the church, for having me here and for your wonderful support. We launched our church uh, in the middle of a pandemic, and without your support, we would not have been able to do it. We have not, we would not have been able to do it, and they are fine. Uh, they are actually having a great time. I looked on the, uh, the kitty cam, which is live stream. Went on, looked at the church live stream just a few minutes ago. Like, they're good. They're good. The baby is good. We're fine. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without your support. So I want to just thank you so much for, uh, for, for your prayers, for your support. Thank you for allowing me to come here today and to minister to you. You can be seated. Um, I, you know, I'm going to preach, but, I, you know, I was talking to God during worship and I said, Lord, you know, this is, this is just so unfair. This is just so unfair to me. It's, it's John and Steph, right? I said, because, I mean, my sister, she just preached my entire message. No, no, I mean, literally. I, I, I reached over to Pastor Bill. I said, well, there goes my message. And then, and then she started talking about love. And I was like, and there goes the second part of the message. And I said, Lord, I, okay, so, Lord, how is it that she gets to preach my message, but I can't sing as good as she can sing? <laughs> Because if that was the case, I'd get up and sing a few songs, and at least we'd be even. Wow. You, you, must, you were holding hands with Jesus this week. You were like all, all up in it, all up in it. So let me say this up front. If you don't like the second version of this message, go with the first. Go with the first. Let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 78, and we'll go to verse 70. And I'll be reading from the NIV translation, and then, uh, then we'll go to 1 John in a second. Psalm 78, verses 70 through 72. You have that on your app? Oh, y'all are paper Bible saved. I like that. I like that. I like paper Bible saved, folks. He chose David his servant. He chose David. Am I good? Okay. He chose David his servant. And he took him from the sheep pens. He chose him and he took him. From tending the sheep, he brought him to, the sh to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with the integrity of his heart, with the skillful, skillful hands he led them. He chose him and he took him. My sister said, sometimes your expectations for God don't align with his expectations. And when that happens, sometimes, you know, we'll wonder, like, I mean, is God still with me? Am I, am I still on the right path? Sometimes God will take us places that we've never imagined. But he wasn't just taking him for the sake of taking him somewhere. He took him from to bring him into something. And David shepherded them with the integrity of his heart, with the skillful hands he led them. All right? So you see the first part, she was all in that message. Here's the second passage, 
1 John 4, 16 in the NLT translation. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. We put our trust in his love. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. God is love, and all who, lo- who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Father, please open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You've already spoke once in this room. I ask you to speak again through your servant today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I was actually supposed to be um, flying from Orlando, Florida um, to New York City, and then I was going to spend a few days at, a few days here with you all, but I changed plans because of the big nor'easter that was coming through, and I uh, was just thinking about how I would try to maneuver to get here, and uh, if I had to be rerouted and all of that stuff. And, and uh, as I was thinking about those travel arrangements and trying to really discern, I had two things that were in my heart and really trying to discern, Lord, which way do you want me to go? And um, Ian sent an email on Thursday and asked me if, you know, if I had my scriptures all lined up and ready to go. And at that time, I was still trying to discern which way God wanted me to go. And uh, then as I got closer to arriving here on Friday, it just become, began to get really, really settled in my spirit. And God reminded me of, of, of a pre-pandemic trip that I took. I was in Cincinnati and uh, was, was going back to Ithaca. And I remember I was in my hotel room and I got ready to go back to the airport. And I went on, uh, went on my app and I went on Uber. Anybody ever taken an Uber before? I went on Uber, but this time something popped up that had never popped up before. It gave me the option to choose Uber Comfort. Anybody ever... W- took Uber Comfort. Uber Comfort. I'm telling you, it will change your life. Because they asked me, what temperature would you like the car set for? Do you want the driver to speak to you? Would you like water? I mean, I got to, first of all, take me to the airport, set the, the, the temperature at 68. I don't, it's early morning, I don't want any conversation. Just leave me alone. And I just got in it's a nice car, and I just comfortably rode, just comfortably rode to the airport. I was like, man, this is great. And while my head is leaning against the, um, the window, I remember God said to me, you know this whole idea of Uber, you know that's not new, right? I was like, what do you mean? He said, you know I got an Uber. I said, really? Yeah, I have vehicles that I will send and allow to come in your life to move you from one place to the next place. And I began to pray and think about this this week. And so my topic today is this, Goober. <laughs> God's Uber. God's Uber. God's Uber. This is important, particularly for people who are in transition. Anybody feel like you're in transition? Oh, good. I got the right message. The rest of y'all might be in transition. You just don't know it. This is particularly for people who are in transition, because when I think about the instability of life and I think of the fragility of life and COVID has shown us, this pandemic has shown us just how fragile life is. And it has shown us really that we aren't in control of very much. 
that, that, that and, and what I think it has helped us to get delivered from is the arrogance of believing we are in control. Because we can plan. I mean, now we have learned the benefit of having contingency plans. That yes, you know, we, we're going to try to meet together, but we might have online option. Or we're going to have this option. We gotta, that we have planned so many different options. I used to laugh at the older saints when I was coming along because they would say this little phrase after everything. Well, Mother Jones, are you going to be in church next week? I plan on it. Lord's willing. And I would ask this person, Mom, are we going to somewhere tomorrow? Yes, Lord's willing. I was like, my God, why do they say that so much? They knew, look, life can change on the drop of a dime. And the pandemic has helped us to understand that there are shaky moments in life. And oftentimes we are in these moments of flux where things are are not stable. So one of my scriptures that is really, I've been anchored in the past couple months and actually the past couple years, Isaiah 33 and 6, that just says this, that he is our constant source of stability. He abundantly provides safety and great wisdom. When the world around me is shaken, that I can rest and anchor myself in one person. That when, 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 when I experience these moments in life that I didn't plan for, when everything is around me shaky, when people are shaky, because you will meet people who say, you know, I'll never leave you. I'm going to walk right by you. Pastor, God sent me here to help you. Oh, get red flags. Because two months later, Pastor, God said it's time to move on. And they, people will make these great, great promises. And sometimes they mean well. But even the people that we love, because some, look, some, sometimes people just die. It's appointed unto us all once to die. People will leave. God will never leave us. He'll never forsake. He is our constant source of stability. When you can't depend on anybody else, you can depend on Jesus. So when I have these moments where I find myself in flux, where I find our world in flux, I always ask myself, okay, let me pause. Where am I coming from? Where am I now? Where am I going? Where am I coming from? Where am I now? Where am I going? Where am I going? Psalms 131 uh, verse 1 and 2 is another passage of scripture that I love. It says, God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I think this is the message translation. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. Verse 2 is what I like. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart like a baby content in its mother's arms. My soul is a baby content. That when I hit these moments where, where, where everything is being turned upside down, the one place I go to be content is I go right up in God's arms, just like a little baby. You know, I, I have a, a six-year-old, uh, I think he's five, five-year-old nephew, the youngest in the family. He doesn't ask me questions about the stock market. He doesn't ask what happened to the Dow Jones last week. He does not ask questions about things that's too high for him. And sometimes I've come to realize some of the stuff that's going on in my life is just too high for me. I just, I, I, try, I try to wrap my mind around what God is doing. And in those moments, what I do is I leave that stuff alone because, I, I mean, I always think, okay, God, there's got to be two reasons why this is happening. And because I, I got a PhD. <laughs> I, I, I've done the research, Lord, there's got to be only two reasons. And then I say to myself, there could be many, millions of reasons. And you don't know, and the best place for you to be in this moment is just right up in his arms. 
Just get, get, just, just get up in his arms and just, and just let him hold you. And just let him nurse you. I, I seek and pursue the presence of God when I'm in transition. And when we talk about the presence of God uh, uh, anthropomorphically in Scripture, it, it, it appears certain ways. Uh, we talk about the eyes of God. Um, and, and I remember one time our musician, he was, uh, came to me. He's like, Doc, I need you to pray for me. I was like, what? What are you going to pray for me? And he said, look, would you please tell God not to forget about me? I said, man, God, God hasn't forgotten about you. And, and I began to think about his, his prayer request because he felt, he felt lost. He felt like, God, do you know where I am? Anybody ever felt like that? Yep. And I think about this. If we human beings have been cre- created beings, have the knowledge, uh, the ingenuity to create these devices, where if I was to call this device name, I won't because it will respond, but you know the name, and I was to say blank, where am I, she would respond and say, give me my location, right? Or if there's another one, Alexa, right? Where am I, all this stuff. If we human beings can, God has created us with the knowledge to be able to create this technology that using GPS and tracking systems can pinpoint exactly where we are, surely the God of heaven knows where we are. Surely he knows where you are. If your iPhone can find you, surely God can find you. Second Chronicles uh, 619 says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth uh, to strengthen those looking for those to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed towards him. In other words, God's eye speaks of his omniscience. He knows where you are. Just because you don't know where you are doesn't mean God doesn't know where you are. Then when we talk about the presence of God, it talks about his arms. It talks about his bicep. You know, sun's out, gun's out. You know, I just imagine that God just wears a nice tank top and guns just... <laughs> Which speaks of his power, his arm to save. Nothing happens outside of God's control. Nothing happens outside of God's control. Now, he doesn't cause everything. Let's get that straight. Sometimes we blame God for the things we bring on ourselves. God has created us with free will. Let me give you this statement. I wrote this down this morning. In his love, God gave us the capacity for intelligence and free will. Because love requires a choice. Did you choose it or was it forced? Did you choose him or was it forced? Two, in his justice, and what do I mean by justice, his fairness and moral excellence, he always allows us to experience the consequences of our choices. So don't blame God for what you did. God didn't run up your credit card. <laughs> don't blame Pastor Bill because you didn't listen to the spiritual guidance he gave. God allows consequences because consequences teach us to embrace wisdom. I need about... Two more amens. Let me see if I can find them. <laughs> Consequences allow us and teach us to embrace wisdom. When you bang your head against the wall enough times, you will learn to embrace wisdom. But in his grace and his mercy, he understands the limit of our knowledge and he brings good out of evil. God knows, you, he understands the limits of our knowledge. It's like, 
boy, my kids are, I love them, but sometimes they can be a little dumb. And they, ju- and they just don't know. Sometimes we make decisions. We don't, we don't know the outcome. We don't fully know the outcome. God understands the limits of our knowledge, and he will bring good out of evil. Dave, uh, 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 Joseph said this, as for you, you meant it for evil. But God has turned it for good to save you and to your, save our children today. So Isaiah 59 says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. His arm refers to his ability to save and to deliver. His power and his sovereignty my prayer recently has been, Lord, deliver me from my dumb decisions. Deliver me from my dumb decisions. Then you can talk about the finger of God. Right? The Bible talks about his eyes, his finger, anthropomorphic, so we can understand in human terms, which refers to God's direct intervention in a situation. Isaiah, Exodus 8 and 9, the magician said to Pharaoh, uh, this is the finger of God. Luke 11 and 20, Jesus said, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. His, his power, his direct intervention. And Jesus said, look, I can drive out devils with my finger. Like, he, like, he gave the devil the finger. <laughs> Just drive him out. But when I say... I'm seeking the presence of God. There's another aspect of his presence that I'm referring to, which is his hand. John 10, 29, Jesus said, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. First thing I want to tell you is that God's got you in his grip. That God's got you in his grip. And some of you have been feeling it because he's put the squeeze on you. He's put the squeeze on you. Ezekiel would say it like this. The hand of the Lord is upon me. Have you heard people say the hand of the Lord is upon me? And what they mean is that God's his power, his presence is upon you. The reason why we are still here today after all we have been through is not because we're so smart. It's not because we've always been so good. It's because the hand of the Lord is upon us. It's because, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why we can't get conceited. That's why we can't get arrogant. That's why when we come in the house of God, we have to lift our hands and worship. We have to worship because we know that God's loving hand has been with us. His guiding hand, his providing hand, his hand of discipline, his hand of correction, his hand of friendship, his hand of counsel has been with us. Thing God has really been, been impressing upon my heart is that I will not have conceited children. And I know how to discipline you to tell you I need you to bring it down a notch. Because all that you are and all that you ever hope to be will be because of him. You're still in his hand. He's not finished with you yet. You're still in his hand. Here's what I've learned in my years of walking with God about his hand is this. God can be very heavy-handed at times. You ever, I mean, had somebody who was very heavy-handed just place their hand on your shoulder? You almost fall to the ground? It's just like sometimes, you know, like I love it when it's just that gentle touch. Then other times he, his hand is very heavy and he fenced, he's got me fenced in places. 
He's got me backed into places. I can't be like everybody else. I can't do. You, 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 they look like they can get away with it, but don't you try it. Anybody ever felt like that? God was like, you better not. He, he has me backed into places, hemmed into a corner. And, and what I've learned is that during those seasons and times of my life, the key is to stay under his mighty hand. To humble myself and stay under his, his mighty hand. And, and, and the scripture says he will exalt you or give you lift off in due time. You got to stay under. It might hurt, but you got to stay under his mighty hand. You might not understand it, you gotta, but you got to stay under his mighty hand. Sometimes the things that God allows in my life causes me to scratch my head. And I'm like, God, why not? See, see, his hand can sometimes cause some confusion by the things he allows in, by the things he does not stop, by the things he allows out. Anybody ever felt like that? Like, God, like, what in the world is going on? And I've learned the key is to stay under his mighty hand. Because in due season, he's going to give you liftoff. Why do I say that? Because God's word is backed by his power. And his grip and his knowledge backs his word. Even when he puts the squeeze on you, keep believing the word that he's spoken over your life. Faith is just simply believing that if God said it, he has the power to do it. If God said it, he got the bicep to back it up. If God has given you a promise, God will bring it to pass. If he speaks it, he's going to do it. You know, here's what I like about God. God never speaks uh, before he thinks. You ever met some people and they make a statement and you just go, clearly they didn't think about the implications before they opened their mouth. You realize God never has an afterthought? God has never had an afterthought. Here's what I love. I've been learning to settle into his wisdom and his knowledge even more comfortably. He has perfect and full acquisition of all facts, all information, and he has the proper interpretation of them. People might have facts about you, but they don't have the proper interpretation. Pastor Bill walked past me and he didn't speak today. He doesn't like me. No, he needed to go to the bathroom. You have facts, but you don't interpret them properly. This is why perhaps David said, I'd rather fall into the hands of God than to fall into the hands of human beings. Because God knows how to interpret not just the what, but the why behind the what. Most people see the what, but they don't understand the why. God never grows in knowledge. You ever read something or had a conversation with somebody and say, I did not know that. I learned something new today. You are growing in knowledge. God never grows in knowledge. God has always had all knowledge as long as he's been God, and that's forever. He has perfect Knowledge, full acquisition and all the facts. Here's what he told Jeremiah, because I really want you to get this, that you are not an afterthought to God. Here we go. Where you are right now is not an afterthought to God. 
Here's what he said to Jeremiah, one of my favorite passages of scripture, Jeremiah 1 and 6. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Here's how I like to say it. Your existence preceded your conception. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Your existence preceded your conceptions. I knew everything about you. I knew the good, the bad, the ugly. I knew the parts of you that were going to be saved and the parts of you that's still in need of deliverance. I know everything. About, I knew where you were going to be in 2022. I knew where you were going to be in 2050 and 2000. I know, knew everything about you. Your existence preceded your conception. Then he said this, and I sanctified you. In other words, I set you apart for a purpose. Here's how I like to say it. Your purpose preceded your birth. Your existence preceded your conception. Your purpose preceded your birth. You didn't get here and God said, oh, I didn't see them coming. I got to put something together. Babies are us as clothes. Let's send a gift card. Your purpose preceded your birth. God wasn't aware that you were coming, unaware, and needed to find something for you to do. Then he told Jeremiah, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. In other words, your assignment precedes your awareness. You weren't even aware of it, Jeremiah, but I already had an assignment for you. You are not here by an accident. You are not an afterthought to God. But preacher, you don't understand the circumstances around my life. I don't. But what I do understand is that you are not an afterthought to God. Where you are is not an afterthought to God. Because he has this thing called goober. So let's talk about that. Three things and I'm finished. Let's talk about the origination. Just do me a favor. Just tell the person next to you, he chose you. Yep, he chose you. He chose you exactly where you are today. He chose you. Who you are, he chose you. He know, you're not here by accident. He knows everything about you, and he still chose you. He knows the parts of you that are still in progress, that are still under development. It's an intentional choice. Let me tell you something. God didn't run out of options and say, well, I might as well use you. Never forget one person's like, man, I'm so glad to be here. I'm like, of, of all the schools, I'm so glad to be at this one. Well, how many did you apply to? I only applied to one. You didn't have many options. You didn't choose the school. The school chose you. God chose you, and it was an intentional and a strategic choice. And you're anointed for the task at hand. You are anointed for the moment, anointing the, the power to be, do, and have what you could not be, do, and have in this moment. The power to be, do, and have what you could not be, do, and have on your own will come through grace. The grace and the anointing of God. He chose you just like he chose his servant, David. He chose you. He anointed David. David's first anointing was private. It was just Samuel and Jesse and David's other brothers. Now understand that, 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 that David wasn't Jesse's first choice, but he was God's best choice. I, I, I learned not to get offended when I'm not people's first choice. Because I do understand I'm God's best choice. 
and you may not be somebody's first choice, but you are God's best choice. David was God's best choice. And God didn't call a committee to vote on his choice. Despite your flaws, despite my flaws, God knows who I am and God chose me. God said from the day, the, the, the day that David was anointed that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And he called David. He didn't just choose David. He, he, he called David like he called you. He chose you. He chose you. And he called you. Sir, could you come here for a second? Yeah, right there. Let's give him a hand. Thank you so much. What's your name? Paul. Thank you, Paul. That's all I wanted was just for you to walk up here, Paul. Paul heard me call him in his seat. And I waited. And Paul was walking towards me. I'm so glad that when God calls us, he gives us time to come. He heard the call back there, and he was walking into it. That God calls us, and he gives us the, the, the time to become. He gives you time to get moving in the right direction. All of us, we hear, we hear God's call at different times. He's calling us to do different things, calling us to be certain things. And, and, and he, he gives us the time to respond to God. And whenever God calls you to something, he's calling you away from something. Whenever God calls you to something, he calls you away from something. In other words, what I'm trying to say is when you get the call, when God's hand is on you, you oftentimes go into transition because you're moving away from something into something. And you're in transition. God chose David. Out of all of his brothers, God chose him like he chose you. Now, that's an anthropomorphic term because if I'm going to choose something, I don't know, I want to choose one of these mics. Then there is a moment in my mind where I really don't know which one I want. Humans understand what it means to choose. It doesn't mean like God said, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch tiger. Bite. No, no, because that would suggest at one point in time that God didn't know what God was going to do. But you know what it means to the, the pride and joy to be selected, to be chosen. You're special to God. He's just trying to communicate we are special, that God chose us, and he called us, and he chose David, and he took David from the sheep pens to tending the, the sheep. One of the things that I've come to understand about the type of transportation that God will use to move us from point A to point B is this. God doesn't use Google Maps. Nor does he use Apple Maps. Pastor Bill and I, we pulled up today, and um, I've been here before, so I know we generally go down and turn and come back and park. And we just kept riding for a minute. And we rode, he rode all the way down to the end, went around a little circle and came back. And I thought, now you could have done a K-turn about halfway through. We could have cut this short. Like, Save you a little gas. Some of the vehicles that God will allow to move us from point A to point B, we don't get to pick the shortest route. 
And we don't get to pick the vehicle to move us from point A to point B that'll have the fastest destination arrival time. You don't even get to pick the level of comfort that you're going to ride in. You don't get to, to, to set the temperature at 68. Because I've been in some, some, some vehicles, some, some, some hardships, some things I didn't understand. God, why are you allowing me to go through this? But then I had to remember that his hand is on my life. And even if he didn't send the car, he knows how to use the car to get me to where I need to be. And that temperature wasn't on 68. They had that temperature on hell because it was tough. And it wouldn't have been my choice of a vehicle. He chose David and he took David. David, I'm taking you to the throne. David, you're going to ride in some vehicles that you probably wouldn't choose if I left you in control. David probably wouldn't have chosen the rejection of his father as a vehicle to move him toward the, the promise that God had for him. Imagine your parent don't even consider you to be the next king. Call all the other boys. Don't even consider David. I mean, even if you know the boy wasn't going to be king, you could at least give him the benefit of the doubt and call him in. At least make him feel good. I got one nephew. He's, he's not going to be an athlete. He's not. He's not. I'll let him take the ball out when we plan. All right, pass the ball to uncle. Come on. He, he's not. But I want to I encourage him. Jesse didn't even call David in the house. The prophet had to say, do you have another son? David probably would have never chosen this, 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 this fight between a lion and a bear as, an as, a, as a, a vehicle to move him from one place to the next. He chose you, your origination. But the transportation, you don't get to choose. God is not like an app on your phone that you can control and turn on and turn off and select the route, select the time, select the path. David probably never would have chosen the fight against Goliath as a transportation when people are saying, yay, David, David, David. We like those kind of vehicles. But you don't like the vehicle where you got to run from, from Saul and hide in caves. You didn't see that even with that vehicle that God was using you because God is always in control. He's sovereign. David, you are hiding in caves. And somebody here today is in a moment of your life and you're in a situation, you're like, God, I didn't see this coming. This wasn't my fault. I didn't know it. You, I mean, experience a heartbreak and you're like, God, what are you doing? God said, just relax, relax, relax. I got you. This, this does not catch me by surprise. I thought Pastor Bill, I was like, we could, we could, the, the church is right there. We could have done that K-turn. We could have just gone back. And he was taking me around the long way. Sometimes God will put you in a situation, allow you to go in a situation, and he will allow you to go the long way. He will allow you to go through hardship because it's teaching you, David, how to honor authority. He will allow certain situations to come into your life. He doesn't cause everything, but in, in, in some stuff he allows. But either way it goes, Romans 8 28 is still true. That all things will work together for his good and according to his purpose. God will send vehicles in your life. He will allow them to come. That you are on, you're living life on the run, David. David never would have called that car. 
David never would have chosen that experience. And some of us are in moments right now. And you said, if I was in control of my life, I would have never, ever chose this. And you're saying, God, where in the world are you? And God want me to tell you, don't confuse the transportation for the destination. Don't confuse the train. Oh, yeah, you can give them a praise right there. In other words, where you are is not where your story is going to end. That where you are right now is not where your story is going to end. It won't always be like this. The Lord will perfect that thing which concerns you. Sooner or later, this thing is going to turn in your favor. Sooner or later, that car is going to turn around. Sooner or later. There's, I like, I, I, I was about to say I travel a lot, but post pre pandemic, I traveled a lot. There's this, this wonderful lady. I forgot, she's in Asia. I forgot exactly where. But she makes these, these beautiful oriental rugs. And uh, um, you'll go to see the rugs, and, and, and you'll, you know, she's had this wheel and a string, and she's doing this thing with her foot. And people pay all, I mean, ridiculous money for these rugs. You see all these strings and all this stuff, da, 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 da. And, she'll, and then she starts doing all this stuff again. And so I told you, I got a PhD. So I said, now, now why do we come here? Because this is a mess. Like, I don't, I don't get this. Why are people paying this? And the guide, yeah, you're looking at the wrong end. <laughs> Oh, some of you all are judging the final outcome of your life and the, the final chapter of this story, this season that you're in, but you're looking at it from the wrong end. And, and God is just sitting there and saying, all things are working together. I know you don't like it, but I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And sooner or later, God's going to let you come around to this side and you're going to take a peek and you're going to say, now I know now I see. See, when you're in these moments, oftentimes the enemy wants us to bail. The enemy wants us to quit. The enemy wants us to throw in a towel. But listen, keep your seatbelt buckled in. You're going to go for a little ride, but you are going to make it to the place that God has designed and purpose for you to make. It's just the transportation. It's not the destination. He took David. He chose him. And I'm so glad that God anointed David up front because sometimes the transportation to make you think he really hasn't chosen me. And sometimes the storms of life will make you think, man, he really am I anointed. Clearly I can't be. Just relax. You're in transportation. And truthfully, David was anointed three times as a teenager in his 20s and then he got his third anointing, his final anointing at 30. And it was at that last anointing where David arrived at the destination. God brought him to shepherd his people, Jacob, Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with the integrity of his heart and with the skillful hands he led them. I just want to let you know you're going to make it. You've been chosen for a purpose. You are going to make it. I know your heart is hurting. I know you have questions. I know you don't understand. I know that you, you know, like Dr. House, you're not saying anything. No, I know that God is in control. That's his hand. I know it. But I don't understand everything that's going on. 
through it all, God has taken you somewhere. It's just the transportation. I've had to reframe moments in my life to say this is not my destination. It's just a transportation. Life is frail. Dependence on God is the key. What I've had to learn and what these, these last few years have really taught me is the things that matter most in life are not things. The things that matter most in life are not things. David learned how to love his enemies, how to honor authority, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. David had some issues in his life. He had some hardship. He had some tears. And so do we. First John 4, 6, we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Notice the scripture says we have put our trust in his love. It didn't say we put our trust in his power. We put our trust in his love, not in his power, because his power is governed by his love. His power is governed by his love. His love is the basis, it's the framework, the basis of his framework. Because his arms will allow things to happen that confuse you. Like, what in the world? The Bible says that God made his ways, his acts known to the children of Israel. His hand. They got to see his hand. But Moses is like, I want to know your ways. Because your ways govern your hand. And we put our trust in his love. Here is what I have landed. God, I know you love me. Period. I know where you love me. Period. And if this thing that I'm going through was going to kill me, you would have never let it happen. If this thing was going to be the end of my story, you would have never let it happen. And anything that happens to me in life has to come through the filter of your love. I want you to leave here today knowing I don't know what vehicle you're in. I don't know where you are in life. But I want you to know that God absolutely loves you. Because he is love. He doesn't just have love. He is love. Before the earth was created, there was love between the father and the son. Before, and before we got here. Where you are is not indi in any indication of if God loves you or not. And, what you, and that's what the enemy say. If God really loved you, why would you be going through this? If God really loved you, why would they have done this? Why did God allow that to happen? And, and here sometimes I don't understand the vehicles. I don't understand. But what I do know is that he loves me. And any vehicle he allows to come into my life, I know he's in control. Would you stand with me today? We trust in his love. If you allowed it to happen, it's not going to kill me. You're not trying to hurt me. Great. 
Sometimes I ask God, God, like, why in the world did this, why, why you let this happen? Any, anybody else besides me? Now let's, we're going to have a real moment of honesty. Anybody else besides me don't get an answer from God specifically about that? And then I'll become like the psalmist. I just cl climb up in his arms just like a little infant. Just in his arms because I know he loves me. I want you to know you're safely in his arms. He's got his grip on you. Nothing can pluck you out of his hand. No one can pluck you out of his hands. He knows where you are. And he knows where you're going. If you were in control, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't chosen this situation. You knew. Uh -uh. The pandemic didn't catch God by surprise. I think some years from now, we're going to look back and say, he was using that pandemic, one of the reasons, because it's a lot of reasons. He allowed that to move us from one place to another. He broke, my, broke our dependence on other people because you had to learn how to pray for yourself. Had to have your own prayer meeting at home. Open your Bible. Preaching from the book of Job. But you was preaching. Revelations. Sooner or later, it's going to turn in your favor. Just keep the seatbelt on. I know you're like, God, look, there's an exit right there. You know, you want to be like, no, 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 this Uber, turn around. You know, sometimes they're so kind, they'll even show you a map where you're going. I wish God would give me a map. Some stuff I'm praying about and I'm saying, how long, oh Lord, how long? We don't get to choose the vehicles. We don't get to choose the comfort. We don't get to do it. But the one thing we can choose to do is just to get up in his arms. And he causes our soul to be content like the psalmist. Father, I thank you for your people here today. Someone I believe in this room is in real serious transition. And I've, asking you, I've been asking you, Lord, why? What is going on here? I don't understand this. What in the world is going on? The enemy has said he doesn't love you. He's forgotten about you. And before you told us that our existence preceded our conception, our purpose preceded our birth, our assignment preceded our awareness, you did, you chose us. And the transportation that we're in right now doesn't negate the fact that you chose us. We are special to you. So I pray for their faith. I pray, God, that they will just, that they will recognize and realize that they're in your arms. And it don't feel like it. It don't look like it. This is not what I would have chosen for my life. Somebody is saying, I look at this age, at this stage, this is not what I would have chosen. 
But you're such a good God that you allow us to experience consequences so that we can embrace wisdom. But in your grace and your mercy, you know how to turn things around for our good. And before the story is over, it will be said of us that we made a safe landing. Help us to trust your word. Strengthen hearts, strengthen minds. God, if you don't do nothing else today, strengthen our faith to hold on, to hang on, to believe you. With tears in our eyes, we trust you. With questions in our mind, we trust you, Lord. Even with pain in our body, we trust you, Lord. Some trust in horses and some trust in technology and and all that other stuff, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. We bless this church. We bless your people. I thank you, Lord, because we're going to arrive exactly where you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Salem. Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.